This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. The Canada Revenue Agency is going after a trio of former Blue Jays stars to the tune of millions of dollars. The players, Jose Bautista, Josh Donaldson, and Russell Martin, are fighting with the taxman relating to what amounts to a dispute over taxes and retirement income. I'm Dave Breckenridge, and this is 10 3. National Post political reporter Chris Nardi joins me to discuss what the issue is, why these players may have run afoul of Canadian tax rules, and why the case could potentially make it harder to attract top athletes to Canada. Don't forget you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music. I'd love it if you could leave us a rating, a review, and tell your friends about the show. So Chris, you had an interesting story released late last week online, and you know, you kind of sum it up really well in your in your tweet. For years, Blue Jay All-Stars Jose Bautista, Russell Martin, and Josh Donaldson wowed crowds and enthralled Canadian baseball fans, but since they retired, the CRA, that's the Canada Revenue Agency is calling foul on their tax filings and is fighting all three in court over millions. So what exactly is the CRA taking them to court over? Um, So if ever you've dreamed of hearing a whole podcast about how athletes plan for their retirement, I've got uh, 20 minutes of pure or pleasure um, for you. But basically, it's uh, it's exactly that. It's how the players structured, uh, let's say, the wealthy individual's equivalent of an RSP. It's, it's rather different, but it's kind of a pension vessel called an RCA, a retirement compensation agreement. Um, and basically how and if they were allowed to deduct their contributions to their RCAs while they were in Canada from their overall tax load, a little bit like you and I would do with an RRSP. If we make a contribution, you can uh, then claim that as a deduction on your taxes at the end of the year uh, with the CRA. Um, what athletes do is they set up these RCAs um, that work differently, but do allow, uh, obviously many, but not necessarily all circumstances, athletes to then remove their um, their contributions from their overall income, which is obviously, in this case, dozens of millions of dollars. Uh, but Tisa Donaldson and Martin uh, made, you know, tens of millions of dollars just over an, a, a couple of years, really, uh, while playing for the Blue Jays. Um, and so CRA uh, doesn't like how, doesn't agree rather, how they calculated the deductions or even any of it or, or how they uh, took any deductions at all in Batista's case and took them off their income in a battle that, you know, for Batista is worth $16 million, in fact. And for Donaldson and Martin is anywhere between two and a half and five million dollars. So it essentially like I would do with, you know, my paycheck. I, I have my bank take some money off my paycheck and stick it in an RSP to save up for a meager retirement. Um, in the case of these players, they're able to take some of their money 
and deducted from their income. So they're not paying taxes on it, which in Canada's case is a lot of money, right? Like when athletes come here, they're, you know, signing a, a deal with a Canadian team also means potentially paying more in taxes than they would if they're playing south of the border. Yes, exactly. And so how these RCAs work. So the RCA is, is a, it's a, it's a legal vessel. It exists in the law. It is a recognized vessel, but obviously there's always limitations in how one can use it. And the idea of a register, sorry, a retirement compensation agreement is for, let's say, high, high, it's all high value individuals. So it's wealthy people who use these. And basically it's for people who could have a shorter career than most and want to defer when they pay their taxes. So in this specific case, um, you have uh, pro athletes. It could also be used by executives, for example, coming uh, from the US. Uh, pro athletes will come in, they'll set up an RCA, and then they are allowed to contribute what is called in the law a reasonable amount. Usually, they hire actuaries who do all the complicated math for them so they can finish, you know, they can focus on hitting homers and, and scoring goals. Um, but basically, that portion that they contribute to this RCA is withheld from their salary, so isn't paid to them. Um, and it, I'll, I'll try to avoid getting in the weeds, but basically how it works is that um, the CRA withholds 50% of the amount that they put in. So let's say an athlete is making $20 million, He can put $2 million into his RCA a year. Um, they actually really only get to invest $1 million. The other 50% is, is taken by the CRA and held by the, uh, the CRA, which is not invested. They can't – that money can't – and nothing happens to it. It just sits there for a number of years or however long this uh, this RCA is valid. Um, and then when the player either retires or loses their job suddenly, which is obviously the lot of many pro athletes, um, they become eligible to then pull out those funds. And the benefit for these players is that for many of them, they are not US, they're not Canadian residents. So for example, these three players, Batista, Martin, and Donaldson, some may be surprised to hear that even when they played for the Blue Jays, they were residents of Florida. They were they were non-Canadians. They were U.S. residents, basically. Um, and so when they left the team, they continued living in Florida. So when they cash out this RCA, they get their money in. They get the 50% that CRA held, but it is now taxed at the rate of where they live, which is Florida, which, as you can imagine, uh, taxes income much less than the 53% marginal tax rate that you will pay on, you know, the top uh, portion of your income. But when you're, you know, a player making 20 million US dollars in a single year, most of your income would be taxed at 53%. And so the benefit for these players, even though half of the money that they put aside was never invested, um, the fact that they can now pull it out at a much lower rate, 25%, for example, tax uh, is very beneficial. So um, it's not exactly a way of hiding money, but it's a way of deferring the tax that you pay on it until in many cases, presumably you are able to relocate to a more or a less taxed uh, area. And so what is it specifically about these three Blue Jays legends, some would argue, like they were the key figures in some of these, you know, the, the, the best years of recent years for the Blue Jays. Why are this, why is the CRA going against going after these three players? So in essence, it, CR, as I mentioned, doesn't like how they calculated, how they deducted their contributions to their respective RCA. So it's not one kind of plan. Each player signs their own RCA, create their own RCA. Um, and the CRA does not like how they deducted uh, those contributions from their income, which, uh, you know, 
allowed them to pay, presumably, there's no real number uh, figure in the tax documents because this is now in front of the Tax Court of Canada. Um, there's, there, it's millions of dollars, basically, that, that they're kind of fighting over in terms of, of unpaid or paid taxes. Um, so in Batista's case, it's very simple. The court documents don't quite explain why, but it's very straightforward. CRA says that his RCA, as it was set up, does not fit what it views as the definition of an RCA, so it is not a legal pension plan, and thus all of the deductions that he claimed on his income. And in three years, that was $16 million of deductions from his income. So basically, income that he did not pay taxes on, he rem- he, he kind of you know deducted from his total uh, salary. Um, $16 million were not valid deductions, CRA said. And so they want to basically claw back those deductions, which is, you know, if, if you kind of look at it straight, um, 53%, if it's tacked 53%, we're talking over $8 million worth of unpaid taxes in theory in CRA's eyes. So that is obviously a kind of a major component of, uh, and Batista is, is definitely the one that has the most to lose of the three. Um, in the case of Russell Martin and Josh Donaldson, it's actually a, a little bit more complicated, but almost more interesting. So the CRA says, yes, absolutely, your RCA is valid and we accept it. Um, but they're fighting over when the deductions on their salary should apply. So again, as I mentioned earlier, these three players are actually not Canadian residents, right? They're U.S. residents. And so um, it's generally accepted by CRA and, and athletes that when you play for the Blue Jays, but you live in the U.S., um, your time split between the U.S. and Canada is 60% U.S. and 40% Canada. It's just kind of a accepted jurisprudence considering how, um, you know, the, sched- the, the playing schedule and all that. And so normally what happens is that you pay 60% of your income is taxed in the U.S. and then 40%, the remaining 40% is taxed in Canada. Canada. So let's say a 20 million salary, 8 million of that would be taxed in Canada. Basically what the players did is they said, well, I contributed 2 million to my RCA this year. Uh, so I'm going to do the split. And then my salary was $8 million in Canada. Let's take 2 million off of that. And so I declare $6 million of uh, income in Canada. CRA says, looked at it and said, no, actually, we don't think that's how you should. What we think is that you made 20 million, you deduct 2 million off of that. So you, we deduct your contributions, to the RCA from your total income before the split. So that brings it down to 18. And then you do the split, which 40% of 18 million is, it's around 7 million. It's just over 7 million. So basically they would be paying more. Uh, they would have a higher income basically in Canada in the CRA's eyes and thus would be paying more taxes. So two kind of like in all three cases, the issue is how they deducted their, you know, RCA contributions from their income. But, you know, the details kind of vary from one case to the other, but essentially it's still in, in all three cases, they're fighting over millions of dollars of paid or unpaid taxes. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. For its case, has the CRA had anything to say about these kind of high-profile cases, or are they, you know, saying, "Look, we can't talk about it right now because it is before the court." 
So yeah, they, they have, they've made no comment, uh, nor did the players' lawyers, uh, and mostly because, as you said, they are battling this out in tax court, and two of them, so Martin and Donaldson, are actually fighting their cases. They've combined their cases. They share a lawyer, and they're going uh, to hearings in July. So that'll be very interesting. Obviously, I'll be following that for us. But uh, what the, you know, in their legal documents and their replies, basically, to the appeals, but the CRA has argued, as I mentioned, so for Batista, they just straight up, it's a very short reply where they basically just say, uh, no, sorry, your retirement contribution agreement does not fit, uh, is not, it, you know, word for word, they say it's not a pension plan. It's not a retirement contribution agreement. Thus, all your deductions are not valid. Unfortunately, what their documents as of now do not explain is why they think that. And that could be really interesting because all in all in these cases, uh, what experts generally agree on, especially experts that work with RCS and with athletes, is that if CRA could be using these cases to kind of fundamentally review how they accept RCAs and how RCAs are used, which could have a significant impact on Canada's attractiveness to athletes and Canadian sports teams' ability to attract international talent here. Because we talk about it a lot generally in the sports world, Canada's higher uh, income tax you know, uh, number or type percentage, you know, we have a higher income tax overall, uh, especially in Ontario and Quebec compared to uh, other provinces, but also more importantly, the United States for the most part means that for many teams, it can be difficult to attract top talent. If let's say a, a player like Connor Bedard, you know, let's use a, a hockey reference, uh, uh, you know, he won't really have a choice of where he gets drafted, but let's say one day he becomes an UFA, you know, can very much say, oh, well, you know what? I want to go to Montreal, but I also want to play in Florida. And then he might just look, if they're both on, you know, even keel in terms of teams, well, he's likely to choose Florida simply because he will pay, you know, millions less in taxes uh, over the course of a, a number of years. So these RCAs have been used by teams to say, well, listen, yes, technically our tax burden is higher, but you can defer that. So you don't actually have to worry about it. There's a way to shelter a part of your income from taxes now and defer that tax payment until when you go back to a lower, let's say, a lesser taxed uh, place. And so if CRA kind of, if these cases fundamentally rewrite how easy or not it is for a player to use an RCA, it could actually have an interesting impact on the sports world here in Canada. And that's part of the argument, not necessarily in court, but I, as I understand, um, as, as your article states, that, that Martin and Donaldson's lawyer has essentially has written that um, yes, she writes. So her name is Mary Franz Dompierre. She was a, a she was with a cabinet called Davies Ward, Phillips and Weinberg, and uh, and she's basically a specialist in this kind of thing. Obviously, uh, you know, the full disclosure is that she represents these clients re- regularly, so obviously is uh, skewed towards their perspective. But she did write uh, and, and write a very interesting article last year uh, in a tax publication that basically said the ability to. Defer tax is often at the forefront of discussions between athletes and pro sports teams in Canada because it can permit Canadian teams to attract talent by promising the players that we're going to reduce their income tax rates to a level similarly enjoyed to those who play in the U.S. Obviously, she's defending her, uh, you know, her, her point of view and her client's perspective. But um, another kind of point of view that I've seen emerge uh, on the kind of, you know, as a, as a courts reporter and a, and a 
tax policy reporter. You kind of get the, you get to flirt with the, uh, the nerdy sides of LinkedIn groups. And, uh, and I've seen some really interesting discussions pop up in some accounting groups that I follow on LinkedIn where they talk about how, in fact, this also could be CRA looking at how RCAs are used and saying, Hey, we really think that this is now torquing the intent and the argument there being that when RCAs were first set up, athletes were making considerably less money. And so at the time, the idea might have been like, this is a good, you know, tax deferral container for if, you know, for amounts maybe up to 2 million or up to 3 million, right? And, and you set this up and you're deferring, you know, a wealthy, yes, but more reasonable amount, quote unquote. But now that they see players like Batista with, in three or four years will put $16 million into it, they might be looking at that and saying, we are not comfortable. This is not the point. This is way much more money than, than they believe the law was designed to uh, allow for. And so they might be cracking down on this. They might have seen over the years an excess use of RCAs that they believe goes beyond the purpose of the tool and are cracking down on it and kind of trying to, you know, set a standard with these three very high profile cases that going forward would rewrite. Um, so two different perspectives. And obviously, you know, Dave, you and I, uh, unfortunately are not, I don't think the target audiences of RCAs in terms of income. So, you know, we did choose journalism. But, you know, I think the average Canadian might also look at this and say, hey, like they have this incredible tool that they can just kind of use rather liberally and might not be opposed to this idea that RCA kind of comes and tries to circumscribe it so that ultimately, you know, these athletes pay, you know, a, a larger portion and some might argue even a fairer portion of taxes. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, on the flip side of that, I... I... <laughs> It is one of those interesting uh, conundrums. In, you know, Canadians, I can't imagine, have a great deal of love for the CRA. But as, as you said, like this may may kind of force athletes to pay a, a more substantial tax burden or share a more substantial tax portion of the tax burden because they make so much more money. But on the flip side, if you look at a country like Canada, with that kind of really takes a lot of identity from things like NHL hockey, I could see that. Canadian hockey fans, at least, may may take a, a narrow view of of the CRA hampering a Canadian team's ability to entice fans here, especially when it's already a challenge. It, it's true, and and I think that those two views may never meet in the middle right? because they're completely different perspectives. Like one's arguing we want better athletes, and the other one is arguing well we want to, we want rich individuals to pay more or quote unquote, their fair share of taxes in Canada, right? Like we're like, those are two circles in a Venn diagram that is in two galaxies, right? Um, so, uh, but, and I think both perspectives have make very valid points. Um, I writing the story spent two days trying to understand what a retirement compensation agreement even is, uh, because obviously we're very much in the nitty gritty of what pension plan law is and what tax deductions are applicable in these cases. And like I said, RCAs, they're costly to set up. Obviously, you have to have a team of actuaries, accountants and lawyers, and they're costly to administer. So it's not I shy away from using the definition of a tax shelter, uh, and especially it's not an illegal one. Like I said, it's it's in the law written word for word RCA, um, but it's certainly a tool that is not available or useful to the vast majority of Canadians. And um, I know that there's automatically kind of a skepticism when people see, oh, well, they are using this vessel that allows them to pay less taxes. Why can't I? What's Why can't I have access to this? Um, and so there's immediate skepticism and, you know, maybe a certain amount of jealousy, you know, regardless. Um, and so I think that's this, this case will be very interesting in just seeing what the art, 
what the CRA finally understanding, what the CRA is actually looking to do. And I think that that is where the tax agency is kind of lacking. It's not wanted to explain that to me. It's not explained in the court documents yet. Presumably the players know because there's a number of correspondences that the tax agency has sent them that have not yet been filed as evidence in the court. But what is it that the CRA is so disliking? And is and are the Blue Jays part of the problem? So the Blue Jays aren't necessarily um, creating this. So it's the players that set this up and then sign an agreement with the the team in itself. And the team has declined to comment so far. Um, but I do wonder, did the Blue Jays you know, have, you know, give them maybe guidance on how they could set this up? And maybe that was incorrect. Or maybe Batista hired a lawyer who decided to set it up overly aggressively in his favor, this RCA. And now the CRA is cracking down on that. There's a number of uh, of theories as to what is going on exactly that we will find out as this course uh, these cases progress but um you know the fact of the matter is is it's basically a battle between CRA and three you know Canadian Blue Jays darlings mm-hmm. and, and when might we expect that these cases appear in court again I, as I understand Bautista's case is an appeal and and Donaldson and Martin I, I believe sometime this summer will hit court right yeah they're, so they're all appeals basically the CRA um, the process is, is the CRA sent the you know sent them in a letter a few years ago and said hey we actually are looking at your stuff prepare to be audited and then audited them and then sent them uh, what we call so when when you and I file our taxes uh, every year Hopefully, David. I'm just kidding. Uh, um, <laughs> every time we file, you get what, what is called a notice of assessment, right? CRA says we assess your taxes. Here's the um, and here's the total. And then if they audit you and they don't like what they saw and want to make a change, they will issue what is called a notice of reassessment. So they reassessed all three players a number of years ago with the new tax bill that is not quite detailed, but presumably is millions of dollars in each case. Uh, and they are appealing that. So the three, the, now the, the onus is on the players to go to the court, the tax court, and explain why they think CRA messed up in their calculation and why the tax court should reverse. So it's kind of a reverse onus. They have to prove their innocence as opposed to being considered innocent in this case. Batista's doesn't quite have a date yet for trial, but Donaldson and Martin, like I said, are being heard together. So that'll be this July and uh, we'll be able to get a better sense of why CRA is arguing. Well, I mean, their, their case is a bit clearer. Like, like I said, uh, they're really just arguing on when the income split or when the deduction should apply before or after their income is split between the U.S. and Canada. Basically, the players say, well, the RCA is a uniquely Canadian invention, so it should only apply to the Canadian portion, whereas the CRA argues that you should, uh, the split should happen only on your net income, not your gross income. So do the deductions before and then split it. So I'm very curious to see how the court will lean on that one, but it ultimately is an incredibly technical argument, that one. Mm-hmm. Well, it certainly is a fascinating issue and, and one obviously Canadians wouldn't have been aware of before your article. Chris, thanks for your time. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me, Dave. 10.3 is produced by Tyler Dawson, theme music by Bryce Hall. Thanks to my guest, Chris Nardi. More from him at nationalpost.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.